Okay, Colossians. We are in the book of Colossians, chapter 2. And, and the kids can head out to class. Job is very anxious to get there to instruct your children. <laughs> All right, Colossians 2, we're picking it up in verse 6. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is our King, he is our Lord, he is our Master. We thank you for his death on the cross for us. And it is that death, Lord, that gives us forgiveness of sins, that gives us newness of life, and you offer it to all. And so we pray, God, that people today would hear it and respond in faith. We pray, Lord, for those that are already walking with you, those already know you, they would be built up in the faith, they'd hear your words and abide by them. You are a good and gracious God. Thank you for showering us with your love and mercy and righteousness. Thank you that you love us enough uh, to discipline us, to correct us, to even rebuke us. Help us to be obedient children. To seek you. To seek your face. To do as you call us to do. To be holy as you are holy. Bless our time now as we continue on. Amen. All right, so we're continuing on here in verse 6 of Colossians chapter 2. And the very first word is what I just want us to focus on just for a moment because it says, therefore, which really is like, in a sense, a, a conclusion of sorts because he's saying, therefore. So everything that's come before, everything I've laid out, everything I've said so far, everything I've communicated to you, that's what Paul's saying, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Okay, so he's laid it out. He's given us this glorious picture of who Jesus is in verses 15 of chapter 1, about eight or nine verses there. And here he calls us, he tells us about the struggle that he's having, how he's laboring. And then he comes to the therefore. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So there's stages. When you think about our walk with the Lord, there's stages in our walk with the Lord. There's the initial moment of salvation as you, re you receive. So that's past tense. As you receive Christ Jesus. Have you received Christ Jesus? So as you receive him, so walk in him. If you've received him, the Bible says you've been born again. Right? So you're a baby believer when you first receive him. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? You must be born Again, and Nicodemus really can't, I mean, he's, he's confused. He can't wrap his mind around it, right? He's like, what? I remember when I first got saved, my coworker at the hardware store, 
uh, she came up to me. She's like, are you one of those born-again Christians? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, all I know is that I really love Jesus and have an amazing relationship with him, and I, and I want to serve him and tell other people about him. Well, that's born again, right? So <clears throat> receive Jesus, but how do we receive him? What does that mean? Well, one, look at the, the words used here. Receive Christ Jesus the Lord. So first, how do we receive him? We receive him as Jesus. I mean, he was an actual physical person. He was born to the Virgin Mary. He lived on this earth. He's not a spirit. He's not a myth. He's not an emanation. Galatians tells us, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He was a hundred percent man. The word became flesh. And what did the word do? He dwelt among us. John 1. He was very much one of us. So, yeah, receive Jesus in that sense. But there's another step. What does it say as his title here? Receive Christ Jesus. That just means anointed one or Messiah. He fulfilled all the messianic prophecies of the Old Testament. There's all sorts of illustrations uh, about, about the chances of, of one person doing it. Uh, one of the ones I like was if, I think it, 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 uh, if you take uh, the state of Texas and filled it uh, with gold coins a foot deep across the entire state, and then just dropped like one red one in there and mixed it all up, the chances of you going and randomly with blindfolded picking it, that's the chances. You ever been to Texas? It's big. <clears throat> so he's our priest, prophet, and king, sent directly from heaven by the Father himself. He is our Savior. So we have to receive him as the Messiah, the one sent. Jesus, as, he's as <clears throat> um, Joseph and Mary are told, name him Jesus. Why? Because he will save the people from their sins. Third, Receive him as Lord. Look back in verse 6. Christ Jesus the Lord. He is our master. Now many are fine with the first two. They're fine with Jesus the man. They're, they're even fine with Jesus the Messiah. But Lord, that is stretching it for some. Because what do lords do? They rule. And what do the, what do the uh, people they are ru he's ruling over do? They submit. And what do lords do? They reign. And what do the people do under their reign? They bow down. And what do lords do? They command. And what do the people under them do? They obey. Look at Colossians 3. In verse 23, Colossians 3, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And then look what it says. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. And then the scriptures add this. You are serving the Lord Christ. So, so Jesus is our Lord. He's our master. He's our dominus. Listen, the apostles... You read through the book of Acts, the apostles preached Jesus as Lord. 
That was the message. That was the message. Guess how many times the word Savior is used in the book of Acts? Twice. Twice. But guess how many times the word Lord is used? 92 times. What are they preaching? They're preaching Jesus is Lord. Now, there's a divine aspect to that because the Romans were saying that Caesar is Lord, that the emperor is Lord. And Paul's saying, no, Jesus is Lord. 92 times. Additionally, Lord Jesus is used 13 times and the Lord Jesus Christ six times. That's in Acts. The gospel is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. That's the message to the Philippian jailer. That's the message still today. That is the message that saves. That's the message we're bringing to Belizeans next week. We're going to be going door to door. You ever gone door to door evangelism? It can be done. And we're going to be going door to door sharing that message with people. Please pray for us. Some people haven't done that before that are going on this trip. That can be a little nerve-wracking, right? So what does it mean to receive the Lord Jesus Christ? Here's what it means. It it means to receive him in his fullness. Look at Colossians 2. We read it towards the very end. Verse 9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So you can't cut and parcel Jesus up and and just take the slice of him that you like. No, it's the whole fullness of deity dwelling bodily. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the Jesus you are receiving. God himself. Not a fabricated Jesus. Not some Jesus who is a watered-down version of God. No, it's the fullness of God himself in the flesh. Listen, few want the real Jesus. That's why we end up with so many fake Jesuses. Few want the real Jesus. Some just want that historical Jesus. Some just want the teacher Jesus. Few want the Lord Jesus. Listen, brothers, sisters, be one of the few. If you haven't trusted Christ, be one of the few. Why? Because that is the only way for your sins to be forgiven. That is the only way for your sins to be taken care of. For the wrath of God that should be poured out upon you to not be. Don't do it just because it gives you some emotional high or, or you like the people that, that are also Christians. No, you're doing it because you have an issue. And the issue is called sin. And sin, the wages of sin, is death. So your sin brings death. Yes, a physical death, but also a spiritual death. You, if you die in your sins, are eternally separated from God. God, in his goodness and graciousness, though, sent his son so that that didn't happen for every single person. He would be totally just and righteous, and actually still loving, if he never sent his son and let us all be doomed to hell. Think about it. The wages of sin is death. That's either true or true. Or it's not true whether he sends Jesus or not. 
And it's true, whether he sends Jesus or not. But God demonstrates his own love. He was still loving, but he demonstrates his own love. Romans 5. And that what? How does he demonstrate it? Christ died for those who were against him. Christ died for the, his, the very enemies against him. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Yes, that was said 2,000 years ago, but it's also said about us. God is gracious to send his son. So that's, that's the Jesus we're receiving. That's the Jesus that we believe in. That's the Jesus we follow. So be one of the few. Choose the real Jesus. Because here's the thing. It's all of Jesus or it's none of Jesus. If you try to parcel them out, you get, you get fake Jesus. You get a Jesus who is okay with pornography. You get a Jesus who is okay with sexual immorality. You know, we have SECHE, St. Charles Christian Home Educators, meets here. And there's like 700 families a part of that group. And, and we're kind of their home base for the different things that they do. So yesterday, there was um, like a homeschool uh, like convention of sorts. So all the homeschool groups um, get together so that anyone interested in homeschooling can see about the different opportunities there are for the different homeschool groups. Now, SECH is, is one of the larger ones, but there's, there's small ones, and they all, they all um, you know, come to this fair of sorts. <clears throat> well, one of them, one homeschool group was there, and they had the rainbow flags flying. And, you know, sign, all are welcome. No judgment. Margaret had emailed me about it, <clears throat> and she was like, do you think they um, would allow me to teach a class on the gospel? <laughs> <laughs> or what about a creation-based science class? Are all welcome? Now, the, the message is all are welcome if you agree with us. No judgment unless you don't like what we're saying. And, and people argue that Jesus waves the rainbow flag and supports the movement. That's a fake Jesus. So we don't want a fake Jesus. We don't want the BFF Jesus. For you older people, you need, you need a translation of those. <laughs> Best friend forever, the BFF Jesus. Who, he, he sounds more like Taylor Swift's ex-boyfriend, okay? Than the exalted king of the world. You get the philosopher Jesus, who just has wise sayings. You get the Jesus who only loves. You get the Jesus who was a great teacher, but nothing else. You get the Jesus who doesn't condemn. You get the Jesus who is okay with sin. Some people, they like, they like to flirt with the idea of Christianity. It's like they're flirting with Jesus. <clears throat> they get close. They want to see what it's like. They, they toy around. And they flirt. I mean, there's, there's a thrill to it. There's an excitement to it. It piques their emotions. But here's the thing. They never commit. They never commit. They eventually get bored of the flirting and they move on. And for some... It's just a few, a few short weeks. 
people who seem interested in the gospel. They seem interested in the things of Christ. They might even claim the name of Christ for a season. But they never really received the Lord Jesus Christ. They're just flirting. Flirting with Christianity. So when you drill down, you see that they never committed. Listen, Jesus doesn't have girlfriends. He's got one bride. One bride. So <clears throat> if you want to you have a relationship with Jesus, you're going to be the bride, the church. You're going to be a part of that church. You're going to be a part of the bride. Guess what? Jesus doesn't have girlfriends. You've got to commit to him. Think about that. Justice was telling me uh, yesterday part of the reason that he and Laura went early because they were invited to a wedding down there. Um, and everything, if anyone who's gone before um, they knows this, but nothing ever starts on time in Belize. So if you're one of those really punctual people, well, you're going to have to really dial it back because it'll get on your nerves real quick. So yes, our team will be there like 30 minutes early, but what, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is that's starting will not start for at least 30 minutes until after the time it was supposed to start. Guess what time the wedding that he was at yesterday? Guess how, how late it started? 50 minutes. 50 minutes. Most weddings in America are over by then. <laughs> Half that time, right? So 50 minutes, and he said people were still walking in 20 minutes after that. And, and, and the wedding uh, went on, the ceremony, for an hour and 15 minutes. Of course, when people are coming in that late, I guess you just, you just keep saying the same thing so everyone makes, you make sure everyone hears it, right? <clears throat> but things, uh, so, you know, we're having, we're having outreach events. They're just, they're not going to start on time. God, God uses that for those that are punctual just to realize, hey, God knows what he's doing, and we're going to trust him. The Lord wants us trust in him in all facets of life. All facets of life. Uh, it might be a mission trip. Some people are going, and going outside of the country for the first time. Listen, the Lord will continually put us in positions where we have to completely lean on him. I, I don't necessarily like that all the time. But guess what? We always say we want to grow. We want to grow in our relationship with the Lord. So we're praying that, and then the Lord's answering it, and then we're upset that he's answering it. Right? So he puts us into positions where, where he has to come through completely, or the whole thing is an epic fail. Like, if the Lord doesn't show up this week, like, nothing will be accomplished for the kingdom. True? Like, nothing will be accomplished. We'll have wasted a lot of money and a lot of time, and nothing will be accomplished. So we're, we're leaning on him, and some people are, are going to be sharing their faith door-to-door -door for the first time. They're leaning on him. I'm, I'm going to be sharing my faith. I, I'm leaning on him. I'm giving the gospel message at one of the outreach nights. You know, a lot of times God is gracious, and hundreds of people show up to that. The message will go out two different nights, likely to hundreds of people. Please pray that many people from each village show up for that. But if, but if the Lord doesn't show up, what? Nothing. Nothing. So he wants us leaning on him, and he puts us in positions where that's what we have to do. 
And so sometimes we're like, man, life, I'm going through this trial or this affliction or, or this thing. Yes, and the Lord sometimes has brought that into your life specifically to help you and grow you and make you trust him more. We want to be conformed to the image of his son. What situation was Jesus in that he didn't fully, completely, 100% trust his father? Not one, right? Every single instance, that's what he was doing. And then the, the scriptures say he wants us to be conformed to the image of his son. Well, that's part of, of the, the conforming. That's part of the conforming. That we're in those situations, and, and, and I get it. They're not fun. They're not fun. Uh, someone, I, I forget if it was an email or text the other day, but they're like, yeah, this is probably something that you go through regularly as a pastor, talking about a rough situation. I'm like, yeah, welcome to my life. I don't enjoy those situations. But God has put me there to do the ministry that he calls me to do. And I was thinking about this the other day. I'm probably going to use the illustration again, but, um, but you'll, get it. you'll get the pre-version of it. I haven't really thought it out too much. <clears throat> but think um, about pro football. Okay? The NFL. Because they always, you know, they have the, the, uh, you know, the, the best players at, at, each, at each position. But if you took, like, the top quarterbacks, you know, there's, there's if each team has two, there's whatever, 64 or something. If you took the top quarterbacks, let's just say like 15 or 20, and tried to make a football team with them, even with the NFL, like that team would stink. Because they'd all be quarterbacks. Like seriously, Patrick Mahomes, who's probably one of the best, maybe the best right now, I mean, do you really think he could block an, an offensive or uh, a lineman trying to come at him, uh, a defensive end trying to sack whoever's throwing the ball? No. Do you think any of those quarterbacks would be a good cornerback trying to defend the wide receiver? No. Like, they're good at what they do, which is to be the quarterback. That, that's how they've been designed, so to speak. Well, guess what? Each one of you has giftings. So if we took, like, all the quarterbacks and got them all together, yeah, that's not going to be a great team. So what does the Lord do? He gives different giftings. Wide receiver, defensive end, offensive lineman, running back. I mean, he gives different giftings and positions so that what? When the team comes together, i.e. the church, guess what? It's a pretty good team. Why is it a pretty good team? Because he's the one that's brought it together. He's the one that's designed it. And guess what? He's the head of the team. He's the coach, the captain, the general manager, the whole thing. He owns it. So that, that's what God's doing with us. Like he has us in those different situations and sometimes he wants the quarterback in that situation. Sometimes he wants the wide receiver. Sometimes he wants the running back. Sometimes he wants you right there in that situation. You all have giftings and can minister to people in a way I can't. If God wanted me ministering to those people, he'd have me there and not you. And, and likewise with the people around you, they can minister in ways you can't and you can minister in ways they can't. But he's gifted the body for the ministry. So yeah, we don't need <clears throat> for our belief team uh, 15 people uh, who can all stand up in front of 200 people and give the gospel. No, we need a few people that can do that. And, and more of them could, I know that. Probably all of them, if pushed, could do that. But giftings. And we've got a team where when the Bible studies are going on, we've got a team uh, you know, that's on childcare. Thank you for not putting me on that team. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But we got gifting. So, hey, who's good with the children? And we're going we're to put them watching the kids so that the adults over here can learn about the Word of God. Giftings. But each of those people are still going to have to lean on the Lord. Each of those people are going to still have to trust Him. Each of those people are going to be stretched. And you, many of you aren't going to Belize. This week, God still has things for you to do. He still has projects and activities and things and ministry for you to accomplish. And sometimes we get so um, stuck in the doldrums of daily life that we forget that we're actually doing ministry. Our, our children are ministry. Our grandchildren, if you haven't, they're ministry. So we're doing ministry. Nieces, nephews, ministry. Being salt and light. Loving them, ministering to them. Co-workers, neighbors. Uh, longer story, uh, but I won't go all into it, but <clears throat> uh, Lorene the other day was at the ER with her neighbor. Her neighbor had, trusts her and knows she cares, uh, that Lorene cares about him enough that when he needed to go to the ER, who'd he ask to take her there? Lorene. Lorene. Sitting there. That's, that's ministry, right? Being available, being ready to go. And just sitting there with someone probably for hours. Ministry. That's loving your neighbor in action. So commit to the bride. Listen. How we start is how we should finish. Think about that for a moment. If you've ever run in a race, like everyone starts out fast. But what happens by the end of the race? Usually. The pace is slowed. Not so with us. We're running the race. And listen, maybe some of you who are older, you have less energy, but don't have less zeal. And maybe some of you who are older can't do as much, but don't lose the zeal. You're still running. You're still running strong, okay? Born again, that's the initial stage, but you're still running. Think of Paul. I mean, did, did he ever slow down? No. But did he have physical uh, limitations? I mean, the scriptures seem to hint at it. That he had physical limitations. But did that stop him? No. Did it affect his ministry? Sure. That's probably why sometimes he had to have people write his letters for him. But did it stop him? No. So yeah, each one of us, we can have all sorts of reasons and all sorts of excuses to, 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 do, to not do all sorts of things for Jesus. We could write books and books and books. And, and, and so could each of the apostles. So let's just stop with the ex excuses. That's what they are. They're excuses. Let's, let's stop with them. Age is not a hindrance to ministry. If anything, it should enhance your ministry. Because the wisdom that you have from walking with the Lord for so long. So the way it started is the way we continue, and it's the way we finish. As you received Jesus, we continue 
on our walk with him. Not any less vigorous, not any less passionate. We continue on, seeking him completely. God has been gracious to us to save, to save us. And what's the ministry he gives us? The ministry of reconciliation. To bring that message to others. What's the giftings he, give, he gives us? If you're not sure, then, then talk to me, and we'll figure out what your giftings are. And a lot of times you find out just by starting to serve somewhere. And, you know, if <clears throat> uh, I've said it before, but some of the areas I've least wanted to serve, that's where the Lord's put me initially. The areas I was not interested in, and the Lord's like, well, you say you want to serve, well, let's see if you'll serve. So let, let's make sure that if we're like, hey, Jesus, I'm raising my hand, and I want to be a faithful servant, place me wherever... Then, you know, when, when Susie calls you to help in the catechism, you're like, oh, I did raise my hand, Jesus. Place me wherever, except catechism. No, wherever. We're willing vessels. All right? Part of walking with Jesus is doing whatever he calls you to do. True? And it means serving wherever he wants us to serve. And it means we're, we're doing whatever we can to make the body of Christ be the body of Christ in completeness and wholeness in unity and even in perfection. God does that through Jesus. He is the head of the body, the church. So we serve him however he calls us to. Let's pray. Lord, you are gracious to each one of us and I do pray, Lord, for each person here who's trusted in you who is born again, that did continue on, if they've slipped up a bit, if they've lost the zeal, God, Lord, all they have to do is put their eyes on you. Let them see you clearly. Let them return to their first love. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who does not know you, they, that they might see Jesus, the risen Savior, who died and rose again. They might see him as not just Jesus the man, not just as the Messiah, but also as Lord, as their Lord and Savior, that they would bend the knee to him and trust in him completely for the forgiveness of their sins. Let there be no hindrances to that, God, Remove all the obstacles. Give them the gift of faith. Lord, you have much kingdom work to still be accomplished. The harvest is plentiful. So we pray, Lord, for the harvest and for the harvesters. You've gifted us. You've gifted this church with a bunch of harvesters. Let us harvest and harvest faithfully and harvest well for your glory. Amen.